As the years go by, I find that I have less and less wise words to share. Not that anyone's asking me to. But perhaps it's the slipping away of the much-coveted childish confidence. As that sense of naivete dissipates, so too does my desire to share my thoughts. With every life lesson, and there are plenty, I am humbled and made aware of just how much I don't know. It then becomes a matter of trying to be completely comfortable with that fact. That I know zilch, and no one does. And that's life. Much harder than it sounds. Thoughts still enter my brain space. Sometimes they escape, but often they make themselves cozy in there. I learned to use words as both my weapon and armor. I scrunch up these unwelcome thoughts into balls of letters and punctuation load them in my cannon and fire them far, far away. Usually these word bombs land on white space scrambled, often without a pleasant narrative, in all kinds of weird and shapes and forms. At first it can be quite fun trying to decipher the messy blotches, playing detective with lyrical Rorschach diagrams. But after a while it becomes frustratingly and excessively repetitive predictable and boring. A stream of consciousness that runs in cycles like on a treadmill. But still, I write. The past few years I have been, and continue to be, on a mission of learning how to live with myself. On days I feel more adventurous, I set a higher target. To love myself. Forgive me for the millennial speak, it's just inconvenient and unfortunate timing that self-care has turned into a hashtag trend at the exact same time I genuinely need it and struggle to find it. And I believe there are many out there who feel the same. Perhaps sometimes you can find truth in between the hashtags. I've been educating myself on the ego recently precisely to diminish the ego as a way to stay connected to the present. Yes, I was cynical and scoffed at myself many a time while reading the text, but then I realized that's literally the ego speaking. The same ego I was reading about came alive as I was reading about it. That hurt my head. So I decided to trust the text and read on. After a while, it made more sense to me. And as I digested the content and concepts, I found more pockets of inner peace unravel. If you know me at all, you know I can be a bit like the ocean. Calm and collected on the surface, but also sentimental and deep. Highly turbulent and hyper-emotional. I've always been. And I don't know any other way to live or experience life. What this means when the elements of life are a balance as they often are, is that I become messy. I wallow in self-hatred, depression, and just a lot of negativity. I find it extremely difficult to be present. When asked what my fear or phobia is, I often say time. Time scares me because I rely strongly on the past to form my identity, and I have a lot of wants for my future knowing very well I can't have it all. 
My thoughts drift off to idealized versions of the past, and I dream of all the beautiful futures I could have, and get anxious choosing between the imaginations. And it may not even be big picture things. As soon as I'm working on a task, say cleaning the house, I immediately think of the five other tasks I could be doing that could be a better use of that time, like researching or cooking or planning a holiday or reading. I fear inefficient use of time, but in actuality, this fear is the biggest inefficiency. It renders anything and everything I do to be pointless, and this won't change unless I learn to be more present, to practice being more present. I try to keep myself engaged in longer activities that require more engagement. Baking and cooking, running, cycling, reading. I try to dream less. To be consciously grateful for what I have in front of me. And I try to be okay with being okay. I have felt myself slipping away countless times. It took and still takes real effort to keep myself grounded, present, here, and to keep wiping and cleaning the lens through which I see reality. Honestly, it gets cloudy much too often, but it has also made me appreciate the power of stories, especially the ones you tell yourself. It's immensely powerful. When negative, it's destructive, but when positive, it's life-affirming. It's a case of mastering it, or at the very least, holding the balance from tipping in any one direction for too long. In an ideal world, we would be enlightened and be able to see the most objective version of reality, to be completely and utterly present without a drop of ego. But until then, stories are powerful and we should use them wisely. I find it quite tiring trying to keep up with the status quo standard of happiness that is constantly being defined by popular culture, society at large, and the media. As I continue on this journey of self-learning and growth, the biggest thing I want to learn is to define my own happiness, to not evaluate the level of my happiness, my being, my existence, against values defined by anything outside of my own.